Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, starring the League of Distinguished Gentlemen, Mr. Stephen Parsons, Mr. Stephen Scott, and Mr. Ronald Kolick. Thank you for joining me, guys. Are you with me? <coughs> yes, thank you for having us. Wow, I think you all died there. Did I, did I confuse <laughs> you or something? <laughs> you know what? Just, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I was just giving Steve center place there before I spoke. That was all. Oh, yeah. Well, don't no, worry. I was, I was, um, yeah. I, I, was, I don't know what he was waiting for, you know. I, I, I was having doubts, actually. Doubts? <laughs> <laughs> I have doubts. Well, this was, you know, yeah, I mean, Anne was unfortunately detained at work, and uh, no, I... No, wait, 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 you don't mention women's... I don't... And uh, uh, I uh, said, I'll help out. I said, we could get Stephen Scott on, like right. we did a few weeks ago. The three boys doing the show. I said, what a great idea that would be. <laughs> yes, there I, you go. And then, and then somebody picked up and ran over the hill and far, far away with the idea, didn't it? No, they? no, no. I mean, this <laughs> yes, is... It's turned, into, it's turned into some misogynist... No, this is great. This is, you know, this is what I really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I played it's hockey almost final, all my life. The edition of Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. <laughs> I, I played hockey almost all my life, and, and I was around a, a locker room full of men. And men could be men. They didn't have to worry about women. So uh, that's what this show is about. It's kind yeah, of like... Men were men, and the women just had the bruises. What? In hockey? They didn't play hockey. What are you talking about? So hey, anyways. I, yeah, I remember you know, playing, men, playing, men. playing hockey school. I remember playing, going up against a woman. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Oh, you should, wow, yeah. You should complain. Wait a minute. Isn't England the one that's noted for the distinguished drawing rooms where the men would go after dinner and smoke the cigars and drink their drinks and tell stories? Yeah. And, well, yeah, it could be, but neither of us live in England. Well, it's not my fault, is it? <laughs> added, added, added to which, um, you, we don't know what the women were getting up to. I don't really care. That's the cool thing. <laughs> you know, I, I listened to this motivational speaker one time, and, and I think it's so so reflective of, of life. And it's called the 18-40-60 rule. And, and it's pretty much when you're 18, you're worried about what everybody thinks about you. When you're 40, you really don't care what people think about you. And when you're 60, you realize nobody's thinking about you. So <laughs> that's kind of the way it is. And as, is I, as I would – go ahead. You speak for yourself. Yeah. So anyways, uh, before the show, I was telling Stephen that uh, I really didn't – I was in that I don't really care group because I'm getting on an age and, and you know, my body's aching and my time is at hand. And I told him, and I volunteered to uh, come back and uh, be his spirit guide for him. 
<laughs> yes, yes, no good. <laughs> and then, what, 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 what was your response to that, Stephen? I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm, yeah, speechless, really. Um, gratitude, I, I, I think. Gratitude. Yes, I think it was, Steve. You're right. I think it was gratitude. But yes. he's still alive. <laughs> I think it was something like along the lines of if ever there was a reason to keep medical science and research going, then that has to be the top one. Um, I know. I, I know. I, I believe you ought to thanks to God that he is still with us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to start a just giving campaign. Let's keep on going. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we could start a uh, one of those one of those pages we talk about all the time, Steve. Uh, that that people put up when they they begging for stuff. Oh, just giving. Yeah. Yeah. So we started just, just, giving. just begging. Yeah, give me money. Yeah. I, I've so, had my yeah. I've had a really shitty life, and my and I've got the keep, right to keep her on alive. Keep her on alive. Yeah. Pay for his iron lung. Yeah. <laughs> We, t- we take Patreon, dollars, Bitcoin. Yeah, anything. Anything. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, it, all through the ages, and, and it's only been lately, but uh, it, it really was. The men were, were men and the, and the women were women. And, and, and the funny part about it, you know, the men talked about stuff they talked about. And the women did their own stuff, too. So they lose that now. You know, because they're all equal with us, they kind of lose oh, that. Little... Seriously, so I, I'm, I'm so I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I, I'm. Did I miss something, Steve? Well, yeah. I mean, men don't do. I've never heard the phrase "the men who do lunch." Men who do lunch. That's true. That's true. No, we don't. We go for beers. We get on the pub. No, but I mean, we have yeah, the ladies who lunch. We have this program here in the UK called Loose Women. Right. We have a program yeah. in the UK called Woman's Hour. That's so, why. I mean, that's why. I mean, yeah, there are no male equivalents. Uh huh. Yeah, there is. They've even got now. They've even got female racing. I, I'm yeah, a female racing driver now on Top Gear. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's it's all that way. So. Anyway, you know, back in the day, uh, they had this... We're not uh, old enough to remember back in the day. Yeah, I know, you guys aren't, but uh, I I do. And and they actually had this TV show called Spanking and Our Gang. What? Spanking (laughs) and Our Gang. That's okay, I thought I misheard you there. That's still on, but it doesn't doesn't come on until after midnight on one of the cable channels. (laughs) There's a late... Yeah, what what was her name? Yeah, she lies on a sort of thing of silk and... Yeah. So I actually have a clip from Smakey and I'm gang that I want to play, and it's it's all about men. And uh, so so Ben, uh, no, who we got? Roy Ben, I forget. Whoever whoever that male is that's doing the producing for us, <laughs> uh, can we have the clip now, please? Always oh, right hand. Yeah, the right hand. I. Member and good standing of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Do solemnly swear to be a He-Man and hate women and not play with them or talk to them unless I have to. And especially never fall in love. And if I do, man, I die slowly and painfully and suffer for hours or until I scream bloody murder. Do me swear to be a Oh, yeah. That's the good old days, huh? <laughs> the He-Man Woman Haters Club. 
actually speechless. I guess you are. Wow. This, I, I really, I, I'm amazed. And Steve, Steve never shuts up. I, I don't understand. Are you with us? Yeah, I just, I'm, you know, I just value the future. You know, my, my, I've got a book coming out this year. I've got a... <laughs> oh, 50% of the earth is man. <laughs> yeah, but they don't read, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the 50% of the, uh, of the world might be men, but they are the 50% that don't have any say. True. <laughs> you, know, you, you know the saying, behind every man is a good woman, and only because she lets you. <laughs> okay, see? So we're giving women credit here. Well, this is a great show. I love it already. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh... So we got open mic. So you guys want to talk about anything uh, uh, that about men? That's fine with me. Or men in the paranormal, or men in mediumship. Hey, that's a good one. Actually, yeah. yeah. No, oh, let, cool. let's, cool. let's just let's just touch on this men in the paranormal because right, men are actually in the minority when it comes to investigating the paranormal in 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 the broader sense. Well, if you if you look at the make- that. Well, I was about to, but you interrupted as usual. <laughs> what are you saying, Steve? Exactly what why I said to Anne when she and I co-hosted last week's Ghost Chronicles International. It was the first show that we both recall ever doing that we did without interruption. I've never met an Englishman who doesn't breathe, and you're it. The... <laughs> <laughs> Move on. I've lost track now. Uh, yeah, I was about to qualify it by saying, if you look at the makeup of a paranormal group, or even, and we'll come to Steve in a minute on it, the audience at a spiritualist church or a platform reading, they are predominantly female, because it is predominantly females who have an interest in um, interacting with the paranormal. However, it is usually the male star... Uh, there are a number of female investigators on television. Mm-hmm. There's Amy and there's, uh, there's Amy and help me out, guys. I don't know. Anyway, I... <laughs> help me out, guys. <laughs> there's Daphne and Velma. They're there as well, Steve. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's Velma and Daphne. But look at the look at the approach of the male investigators. Look, I mean, take Zach, this macho, over, <laughs> over, over the top. I'm going to confront. I'm going to beat the crap out of it. I'm going to. Now, in my experience, when men are accompanied, uh, they go on investigations. They're dragged along by their partner. I'm talking about public access investigations. Mm-hmm. The man is usually there in an unwilling sense. I don't know if it's the same with audiences. But the man is usually dragged along to make up the numbers. The minute anything starts to kick off, the minute the meter starts bleeping, the minute there's a suggestion that there's a shadow person, the women want to know more. The men go to the back. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the men are always the ones. Because they can't... And I, I've always speculated and wondered, is it because they're used to dealing with things physically? You know, they can... If somebody... Uh, you know, sort of threatens or attacks their family, they can deal with it in a physical sense. But rather like an elephant with a mouse, they cannot reconcile the threat because they can't uh, process it, they can't see it, they can't deal with And so it becomes a much more frightening concept. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I would, agree, I would agree with that, Steve. To be honest, uh, it's I mean that age-old quote uh, springs to mind. You know, there's the, the, there are more things in heaven and earth than there ever dreamt of in your philosophy ratio. You know, it's very much so. Is that um, and I, I often find that as well at the churches is is that. If you get a message through and it's, and it's for a gentleman, not all, but the majority of them immediately kind of lean back in their seat and fold their arms over their chest in a very kind of protective manner. Not all. Not all, it must be said. But uh, that's the kind of standard reaction that you expect when you go to a man with a message or whatever. And um, But quite rightly so, all, when the guys move to the back, we have to remember all they're really doing is making sure that there's a clear line of escape for all... <laughs> and defending from the rear like a good general should you know there what I mean um, I th- think that's what it is. I'm just back here guarding the rear don't worry yeah that's the rear where we've already been where I know nothing is yeah that's fine it's okay um, yeah but um, yeah it's it's a valid point is that I think that a lot of people who go into this particularly when men are and I use the term loosely as we were saying they're dragged along because that's very often how it is the majority of guys don't really want to face this kind of aspect of things. Um, and I often wonder if that goes down to this whole genetic level of wanting to, you know, preserve your immortality by, you know, through your children and all that kind of psychological aspect. If it's just that, the, the, the concept of facing something that challenges that, even on some kind of subliminal level, is just quite scary for most men. However, Steve, can I also ask... I don't have I don't have any input into this particular question. I wonder if you do. How many female parapsychologists are there in comparison to men? Actually, um, it's it's a good balance. There's Is it? Been, right, right. There's been quite a an issue r- racking around on social media over the last six to eight months mm-hmm. um, regarding this, with a, a few people claiming an imbalance, but they they overlook the fact that. Uh, at least, uh, uh, well, nearly half of the original members of the SPR were, fa- were, were female members. Mm-hmm. And that throughout history, we've got Catherine Crow, one of the early founders, currently uh, up, up, up north of the border. You've got mm-hmm. Caroline Watt, who is the professor heading the Kirstler Parapsychology Unit. Uh, you have, they are floor to ceiling right throughout parapsychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, not in history, though. Oh, absolutely in history. Oh, absolutely uh, not. Uh, Louis, sorry, I, I, I will give you Catherine Crow, Louisa Rhine. I would give you... Uh, oh, God, uh, what a time uh, for your uh, mind to go uh, blank. Most, but, most of them are, were mediums. That's... The no, no, yes. no, that's no, not, that's absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, Eleanor Sidgwick. Uh, none Name of these one were, in the United States. States. Uh, I'm sorry. Name one. Name one in the United States. The United, Louisa Ryan, the first woman I said. Oh, the wife, yeah. The, 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 wife wife of, the wife of... Wife of know. and working partner, full working partner exactly. of J.B. Ryan. Would she still have been done it if she wasn't married to her husband? Uh, she was a prime motivator in the in the establishment of the whole uh, right. Ryan Institute. Yeah, well. Yeah, her name was Ryan too, Louisa Ryan. Right. Name. In fact, in fact, of the two of the of the <laughs> two of them, of, of the two of them, JB um, was actually uh, vociferously against any form of investigation of phenomena that didn't take place outside a controlled laboratory, and. 
came out many, many times against uh, the things that we do, investigating ghosts and hauntings and poltergeists and spontaneous act, uh, phenomena, because he believed that it could never be studied unless it was studied in a, in a lab. However, Louisa, was uh, a, she collected vast uh, case details, archived records of spontaneous cases. The legacy that we use and utilize today, um, although everybody remembers Ryan as the father of parapsychology, uh, much of the debt that we owe is to Louisa, not JB. Right. If you read the books yes. and study well, the... But, we have an alert here. But we have no shortage of uh, females in, parasi- in academic parapsychology. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, there's an alert, there's an alert. There's someone in the chat room named Ghost Man. Now, I know that we have a listener by the name of Ghost Girl. And I am just thinking that someone's breaking the rules and there's actually a woman in our chat room. Are there any women in this? <laughs> I, uh, I may have to throw no, her out. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> threw that rock? He did it! He did it! Who did it? (laughs) (laughs) Alert! Alert! Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! (laughs) Well, you you were saying alert, alert. It always reminds me of the first World War poster. Uh, Be alert, your country needs alerts. (laughs) What? (laughs) Is is that serious? Is that true? Uh, The the poster about be alert was, but then some some wag wrote underneath it, your country needs alerts. Oh. What's alert? <laughs> that was, you see, every Brit understood that line, that joke. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you, huh? Well, every Brit that listens <laughs> to the podcast and the other two. Yeah, there you go. So, Stephen, when when you when you do your 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 galleries or platforms, whatever it, uh, they uh, call them here in the UK. Uh, and there are male on the audiences. Do you ever get messages for males? Oh yeah, yeah. And it's, how do, how do they handle them versus, uh, you know, women? I think it it depends on the. It really does come right down to the individual and and how how much they want to either engage with the process or not. Um, it, it would be wrong for me to say that every man reacts the same way. And if oh, I was talking like generalities, we're not. We're certainly not talking individuals. So that's no, no. <laughs> it's uh, if you have someone there who genuinely wants to be there and, and, and who genuinely has an interest in spiritualism and who is is open to the concept of it, then it can actually be a really, really good... I mean, it can actually be a really good experience for everyone. Uh, I took the Church for Easter service there on Sunday and my split was literally 50-50. I got messages oh, okay. for men and women that were equally split. Oh, that's good. And there was no identified mix. It wasn't like, you know, I had ladies coming through for the gentleman or whatever. It was mixed. I had yeah. one lady for one gentleman, a gentleman for another one, another lady for another, a lady and a gentleman for a lady. Yeah. It was completely split. And uh, the people that were there, because it was an Easter service and because you're working uh, within a church environment, it's, it's rare to see people within the churches over here, or certainly the way my own local church works, is that um, we, we have a service night on the Sunday and then we have the mediumship night on the Monday. Now, the mediumship night is always busier 
than the night for the divine service. <laughs> during the divine service, uh, there's hymns, there's philosophy, and there is mediumship mm-hmm. and healing. But on the Monday night, it is purely a gallery night where you go along, they play a piece of music for a couple of minutes, they help you tune in, and then that's it. Bam, 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 into the messages. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find is the ones who are there on the Monday, sometimes the men can be more resistant to receiving a message or more uh, defensive when it comes to engaging with the process than people who are there for the divine service. Oh, so it, it depends on the circumstance that you find them in, and it also depends on the type of message that comes through, because very often when gentlemen are in the audience and you are approaching them Unless you engage them, I find, very, very quickly on the mediumship nights, not the service nights. Uh, when you engage them on the mediumship nights, you, they, very often they're looking for you to prove something. To, you have to prove to them that everything oh, is correct. I hate that. They, they give you very little leeway. Mm-hmm. And th- that can happen, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. However, I often find that they're the ones that really need the message. Mm-hmm. So it may be something that they that is either very open to them or very exposed, that likewise they, they perhaps don't want to admit to, or it can be something that's quite difficult for them to take on board. Uh, I remember going to some private sittings that I did for some people up in Glasgow, and uh, the one that gave me the most... It, it wasn't a very wealthy area, it was quite a kind of poor area, and I just went in and I just did some readings for them, and... The one that really sticks in my mind is the one of the father who burst into tears halfway through the reading because I was bringing through a son who had passed away and then he showed a tattoo on his arm he'd got of the wee boy who'd only been about four. You know, and Mm -hmm. it it was really hard for him. Now, I honestly thought when I walked in the house and saw that man, I thought, God, he's going to stab me in the face with (laughs) But he's the one that really needed the message. And he was the Uh one that at the end of the night was most open to the whole thing. So you, yeah. you really can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I have a quick question regarding your service. You said on the mediumship nights you play music. What music do you play? You know, because I've been doing these red light seances for over yeah. three years now. Uh, it depends. Just, um, sometimes it's a playlist. Of, yeah. Sometimes it's a piece of classical music. Sometimes it's something more modern. Um, it's It's just whatever music gets people, you know, into a right frame of mind. I mean, music's a very powerful tool with any form of meditation. However, when you work as a medium, I like to get my energy up. So uh, as an example, I've, I've texted my wife before who you've all met, Barry, and um, I've said to her, I'm just relaxing before the service, drinking coffee and listening to ACDC. <laughs> but that, that gets my energy up and that yeah. gets me into And I, I use that as a meditation. But within the service itself, it, uh, to be honest, I, I've sat through everything from in various churches, from uh, Billy Joel to Tchaikovsky to Evanescence to Shania Twain. Uh, yeah, the, the Shania Twain nights were particularly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> because no matter what I did, it didn't impress them much. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. 
Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I've never uh, uh, that, that fits the show, though, so that works. <laughs> it's interesting that you talk about the putting ACDC on to relax. I don't know over here uh, if you said well, assume you may have seen it. I doubt Ron will have done. But there was um, a new research paper released this week that shows, in fact, it's, uh, there are now several British schools using the system where uh, when children are revising for exams. Uh, or indeed now taking their examinations, they are allowed to uh, use personal music players uh, to play music, um, often loud music. How do they know they're not getting the answers to them? Uh, because the tapes are listened to beforehand. Oh, okay. Um, by, by the invigilators. But they've discovered, uh, researchers... Uh, have discovered that actually it entrains the brain better and helps people concentrate and to focus. Well, actually, I used to listen to music when I studied all the time, and this is going way back to school, but obviously uh, when I was also doing my uh, stuff in my incorporated engineers, all this type of thing, when I'm studying for those types of things, anytime I'm studying, I listen to music, and I associate certain music to certain subject matter. Uh So if, if I try to remember it, I sing the music, I hum the music, and then it help, actually sense. helps me remember. Yeah. It, it helps me recall as well sometimes when I'm doing that, if, if I've got, like, you know, these really important engineering yeah. exams to get through and things like that. So, yeah, I, I can understand that. It's yeah. so funny. When I do my study at all, or whenever I do any uh, work, uh, you know, uh, mine work, I uh, have it perfectly quiet, and uh, that's the way I like it. But if I'm doing, like, manual work, I certainly like the music because you're right, it does bring your energy up. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. there you go. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I have to tell you this before we, I know we're coming up on the break, but uh, the red light answers, which I mentioned, we, we've been doing for over three years now. So, next week we're going to try something new, and uh, next month, excuse me, and that's going to be a children's seance. And children, meaning not, not children participating in it, at least not on this side, but we're going to attempt to contact children's spirit on the other side by bringing in various toys and objects and stuff like that. Have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> no, I'm just reminded of... Uh, oh, Boo Bear? Uh, no, this, this, was, this took place... Um, well, I mean, Stephen, Stephen will know all about Mary King's Close and the... the yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, however, yeah. I know however, too, you know. Yeah, there was... I listened, uh, I listened to Rick, uh, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, however, I, w- I went on an investigation uh, a few years back, and it was uh, the spirit of a small a small child that the mm-hmm. media said was from the 17th century. And oh, the, the investigation so, along with okay, the we'll continue this when we come back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles, the man edition, right here on Tojanet and Parax. We'll be right back in following messages. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, 
I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. The Van oh, Helsing. hang on. Wait a minute. Hang on. Nothing. That I thought the, the co-host brings them back into part You're not two. my freaking co-host. Do you got blonde hair? I don't think so. Yes. Oh, I heard a ceiling. Did I hurt your feelings? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll bring you flowers. Anyways, we're right along. That was the manly music of Van Helsink. And welcome to Ghost Chronicles, the special manly edition. And just before the break, Steve was ranting about... Yes, and they uh, had the 17th century little girl, uh, the spirit of a little girl. And uh, the ghost investigator, the lead investigator of the paranormal group, said, um, we've, we've got this toy, this trigger object. And, uh, um, trigger object. Yeah, and we hope it will provoke a response from the spirit of the child and draw her uh. forward and produce a Buzz Lightyear doll. <laughs> 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 what century was that uh, ch ghostly child? Sorry? What century was that ghostly child? 17th. 17th, so probably yeah. might. They didn't yeah. have buzz here back then. I, well, you know, I, uh, my reaction was, uh, well, pretty much the same as yours, but, uh, yeah. What do you do? Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> We all we all Most think like you don't. we always think of spirits and ghosts as is being old, but uh, Stephen will tell you that they're, they're they're also recently passed as well, right? Spiritual, yes, as, as in, yes, yeah. Uh, any spirit can be recent, immediate, um, or, or whatever. It's uh, there doesn't seem to be any, you know limitation on time other than just you know how i find personally it will affect the person who receives the reading um that's what i find seems to be the main thing behind it because i've had people come up to me and say you know my mum passed away several months ago or whatever uh, and is, is it too early to get a message from her and i'd be like no as long as she knows that it's not going to upset you further then she'll be more than happy to come through with a message when the time is right to do so in, whereas for some people it can take years Steve 
can I yeah. can, can I um, ask pick up on that point and ask because I've got we we, we spoke about this in the beach house but I've got as you know a, a large set of spiritualism books and it's something I'm interested in and one thing that was a very common thread through early spiritualism were when people were writing down um, their messages from spirit and um, was this idea of a pause, a period yes. of waiting when you get to spirit before you can communicate. In fact, uh, Oliver Lodge in his book, Raymond, uh, when Raymond does start communicating through mediums mm-hmm. uh, after his uh, death in the First War in France, First World War in France, uh, Raymond actually d- describes this sort of limbo period of yeah. days. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a, a recalibration period. Yeah, yeah. Kind of um, thing, yeah. And it seems to be a common thread throughout early spiritualism that you don't see, uh, perhaps with the more socially media oriented, like Steve Hoff and others, who, you know, the minute somebody's still warm, they're already on the on the Frank's box chatting away to them and mm-hmm. happily, you know, mm-hmm. sharing you know, stories and tidbits. So, I mean... The, is this a change in spirit or is this just a change in approach? Uh, I think it's more a change in approach, to be honest, and that uh, I still think that there would be that recalibration period there. Um, it could be that as people progress through their spiritual existence, that that recalibration period reduces. You get more used to it, you know, coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out. But uh, on the whole, I think that it's, it's more the approach to it has changed uh, more than anything else because I'm not saying that recalibration period still doesn't take place. It does, but uh, just knowing what that is. I mean, I'm, I'm even being a medium, I'm, I'm not in a position to state that for everyone. I don't know what that's going to be like. Uh, I mean, I, I've never brought somebody through days after they've passed. It, it ha- there has always been a sense of time there. But their ability to touch us spiritually is different from delivering messages. And mm-hmm. what I do sometimes find is, is that they will work through an intermediary where, for example, you have someone pass from your family and they'll, the message about them maybe comes through a grandparent who's been there, who's passed a while ago. And I think it's because of just trying to recalibrate and reassess your energetic levels to be able to fully communicate. Um, I suppose it's like trying to learn, if, if you put it into context, it's like trying to learn a new language. Uh-huh. You can immediately learn a couple of statements, but trying to get a phrase out that's understood could be something different. Uh, well, I, first of all, I've got to. I, I, I first of all must apologise um, for even mentioning Steve Huff in the context of mediumship. Or uh, yeah. I, so, I, so I do want to put that uh, that apology out there for linking well, to Steve you, or, or Steve. To Stephen Scott for <laughs> making any link between anything he might do uh, mm. and anything that Steve Huff might well, do. If, if, if I can admit, Steve, I, I don't even know who he is. Ah, you're much the better for not for. Yeah. for yeah. I don't know who that's. I, I don't know who that is. Yes, yeah, so it is. For okay. contacting recently passed celebrities. Oh yes, sorry. Yes, now I know who he is. How dare you, Mister Parsons? <laughs> 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 no, not at all. Uh, yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, understand. 
Uh, you know, I, it's I, as indignant as Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do want to mention that during, during one time during a an investigation, it was a, a public investigation, a ghost hunt, uh, and we had a uh, a grandmother and, and uh, grandson who uh, it was the grandson's birthday, and uh, what ended up happening is that the grandfather who had recently passed uh, came through using the spirit uh, that was associated with the place. And I, and I thought that was kind of strange. Uh, Steve, have I ever told you that story? Steve, Bob Parsons? No, not too. No, I don't recall. Yeah, it was, it was, it was at the Wendell Restaurant, which you know well. You do your dining with Debbie, yeah. So downstairs by the, the, uh, the restrooms, uh, Marnie was there and... Uh, uh, she made contact with uh, a female spirit. Okay, so we had I think six people uh, there, and uh, as I mentioned, it was a grandmother and, and a grandchild, and the other four people. And they all had EMF meters. And uh, when Mari made contact, four of the meters were off. Uh, they were blaring, you know, just constantly going. There was uh, four of them, except for the the two, the grandmother and grandson. So we kind of like, oh, why don't you, you know, maybe something wrong with the meters, swap them off. As soon as they exchanged hands, the same thing happened. As soon as it went into the, those two hands, they went dead, no pun intended. And while they went, the other ones that were not doing anything went into the other hands, they started blaring. And it, and it was really weird. It wasn't until we figured out that it was really uh, the grandfather who was trying to get through to that. And the intriguing thing about it was after it was all over and, Later on, we were, we were uh, standing by the bar and talking about it, and uh, we were mentioning it to the rest of the group. And all of a sudden, the uh, the EMF meters on the grandmother and grandson started going off again. So I, I know you don't believe in all that EMF stuff, Steve, but uh, there's some correlation. Yeah, I don't know what it is exactly, but I, I know it. No, I I, I've, I I don't know. I've, if it's I've no that. idea. No, no, absolutely no idea. I mean, I could perfectly reasonably understand why EMF meters would uh, respond the way they do. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I think perhaps... What, the, what you've described is a perfectly understandable situation for a, an electromagnetic field meter. Really? However bizarre it might seem, it's perfectly understandable. That, that? Does, that doesn't... Well, it, it, it's slightly complicated in, in terms of we... we our bodies act as electromagnetic um, antenna. So that's my theory. Yeah, that we are actually uh, and, and that we, yeah. we we can. I mean, it's still sort of using you know a damp finger on a radio antenna. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We we can affect the devices around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's intriguing, but, but that doesn't mean to say that that's what took place. No, no, no. Uh, I'm just saying. But that's if, if you offered that up to you know, to a physicist, they would be able to find a, a plausible explanation as to what took place. A possible explanation. But, uh, well, plausible. I didn't say it was the explanation. I said plausible. Right. Um, but the window... Allegedly, right? No, plausible. As, <laughs> the the window, uh, we ha- I had a, a terrible experience my very first visit there, didn't I? With a female. I had a run-in with a female. At was the window it Wazzy Supper? Is that what it was? No, don't you re- don't you remember the lady? You forgot to pay your check. Don't you remember the lady? I do not. The young lady who materialized. Oh wait a minute, the one that that crashed the party. The, she materialized in the room. 
and stood there for several minutes and uh, everybody was polite and pleasant to her and then somebody asked her what she was there for and realised that she had in fact crashed the party mm. and that she was, uh, should we say, a religious zealot? Pretty much. And, and had taken exception to the title of the evening, Dining with the Dead, and had come along to mm-hmm. to convert us all and uh, uh, point Hallelujah. us... Point it, put us back on the yeah, thank God for Peter Popper. Put us back on the path of righteousness, and um, uh, we went down. We went downstairs. Uh, I went downstairs for a cigarette, and uh, she was still outside. Yeah, she stood outside, and um, she approached me again, and she said, "Will you will you join me in prayer?" And I said, "Why why would I want to do that? I'm having a cigarette." And she said, "Because." The power of prayer is a wonderful thing. It can it can cure and it can heal. And I said, and it, and it, there is nothing that. Uh, then she said the the line. There is nothing that prayer can't do. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, if I can prove to you that prayer doesn't work, will you go away and leave us alone? And she looked and uh, I said, yeah. And she said, yes. So I said, uh, all right make my leg grow back. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> no, she left. Peter yeah. Popper, as soon as you send that 20 pounds, oh, I, I guarantee you're going to be healed. Steve, we've, I've, for the, uh, about two, two years ago, um, yeah. I filled in a Peter Popoff prayer card. Um, because oh, I've, been re- I've been reading about the gentleman uh, and how he's been yeah. prosecuting times for fraud and all sorts of other things so I thought he's still going you can fill in a prayer card it costs nothing and um, you you get gifts right uh, and, and they were quite regular and they were the most uh, amazing collection of of, of uh, crack it was the stuff that comes out of Christmas crackers right <laughs> and in addition along with this piece of Christmas cracker stuff was um, a, a letter, and you had to use this this object that was supplied in in a particular way. Attach it to your seed donation. Unfortunately, I, sl- I ripped up the, the most recent one, but it, there was been nothing for a few months, and it all gone desperately quiet until yesterday, when a letter arrived. And inside the letter um, was a hand, a, a, a roughly cut hand shaped piece of the cheapest cloth you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. A, pl- a plastic bag, a, a printed page from Deuteronomy, and what looked like hey. a sachet, what looked like a sachet of salad cream that said, uh, the Reverend Popoff's hand anointing oil. Oh. So what you had to do was smear this, smear this salad dressing all over your hand. Oh. It, then rub this, hand-shaped cloth, then put it over so it stuck to the pages of Deuteronomy, upon which was marked a very it looked like my five-year-old had drawn round his hand with a crayon mm-hmm. fold it up, put it into the polythene bag um, together with your seed donation of just £20 to make your prayers come true Oh yes. and then God was going to uh, heal, my, heal my right leg oh wow isn't that awesome? And in the, in the end, it's twenty pounds. It's worth it. Well, you know, in the unfortunately, in the end, the letter went in the bin, and the salad dressing. Oh, damn! Hey, it was actually quite nice. 
Yeah. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> I think it was balsamic. Yeah, balsamic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. But we, I've had all sorts of stuff. I've had... Uh, uh, flowers. The the best one I think was the little fuzzy sheep. Uh, <laughs> there, there fu- Do you remember fuzzy felt when you were a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. Did they have fuzzy, fuzzy felt in Aragon? No, I, I, I'm not aware of a fuzzy. Oh, these felt. were like cut out animal shapes that you stuck on a fuzz, on a on a felt board, and you can make pictures of it. It's called fuzzy felt. Well, yeah. it was one of these fuzzy felt sheep uh, that you had to. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. I, you know, living in Wales, one doesn't ask what you do with shit. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what you yeah. do in Wales stays in Wales, right? That's right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, as, as I've encouraged many, many listeners to Ghost Chronicles International to do, send off your filler, go online, peterpopoff.com, uh, fill in a prayer request form. It's absolutely free, and you too will receive wondrous and bountiful gifts. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've just got to. It's just so insane. So it's just strange. Yeah, I five, think that's strange and bizarre. Five minutes of time on the internet. You know. So, so in, in Scotland, did they have uh, hairy coos instead of fuzzy sheep? No, no, no. no. We had well, we had our fuzzy felt yeah, sheep. Yep. Oh, hairy coos. You just want me to say Harry Koo. Harry Koo. Don't they have lady shaves up there? For, for? Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> My bamboo. <laughs> oh, yeah. My baboo. Is it baboo, baboo, bamboo, baboo? What the heck is it? <laughs> what is it? Uh, what is it? What is that? Uh, My baboo. You gave me it. Gave Janet it. Made in Scotland. Yeah, it looks like a stupid sheep. I mean, not not that sheep is stupid. I do not. If anybody uh, uh, thinks I'm calling sheep stupid, uh, it's not true. Uh, Yeah, it's a little uh, sheep, I think. This is my my babu. Yes. You gave it to her. Yes. No, that's right. That's right. I think that's the make of it. It's an egg cover, yeah. No, egg. that's the make. It's uh, is it an egg cover? Egg, egg. Can you say egg? Egg. Egg. Yeah, egg. Right. The Scottish have an island called Egg. We do indeed. They do. Did you ever yeah, hear the story you... of the egg? What one? Huh? It's it's a wicked cool place. Like you go there, and, and it's like uh, the only way you can get you live on the island is you have to bring a, a trade or something. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of small islands like that up north in Scotland where you have to actually bring something with you, some kind of skill. It's owned by the people of the island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a few like that. I think. Ah, it's so awesome! I saw this. I saw a documentary, and it was like awesome. So it's like, ah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Did you hear the story of the three eggs? And there's and there's a rock star that lives there too. By the way, Uh, go ahead. Oh, the three eggs. Go ahead. Yeah. Have you heard the story? No, I have not, Stephen. Stephen, what is the story of the three eggs? If you don't have the story, too bad. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's a British joke. Have you had the story of the three eggs? No, too bad. That's the story. (laughs) That's the story? There's two bad eggs, yeah. It's it's okay. (laughs) Ron, you know how you've been working on being British for a number of years by saying saying, saying, (laughs) chairs... Charles, Charles. Charles. There we are, see? Charles. 
You will never crack our sense of humour. No. I don't think oh, that, was an, that was an excellent joke, Steve. Ah, there you go. That cracked yeah. me up. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, he was that only joking. Now he was trying to join in. So anyways, uh, we are running time, and I have this excellent musical piece I want to play. Uh, you know, back in the, the, the good old days, the 1930s, we had, of course, Spanky and our gang, and, uh, and we also had the Three Stooges. Do you remember Three Stooges? Bo, Larry, and Curly? You guys didn't have them in the U.K.? No, we yeah. had them. Yeah, we had them. My father used to love them. He used to crack, laugh every time they were on. It's like, uh, uh, whatever. Anyways... <laughs> So uh, they had a, a man hate. No, they did the, did the Polish translation, did they? Uh, they had a man hate his club there too. I'm a woman hate his club. So, anyways, uh, this guy wrote wrote a, a, a terrific ballad about it. So, uh, is it Roy? Yeah, Roy's today with us, right? Yeah. So, Roy, if you're there, can we play the musical piece now, please? I'm an honorary lifetime member of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Not here because I want to be, I'm here because I fell in love. I used to lead such a simple life, fishing in the creek with the boys. I hadn't been no worries or trouble, my life was filled with joy. And then one day I met Darla, I sang her, I'm in the mood for love. The boys started laughing at me, and then they kicked me out of the club. She took me home to meet her kitty cat. She told me how to leave my dog She taught me how to feed her goldfish And I believe she's the one to kill my frog She used to love to take me shopping Lord, she loved it when I bought her pretty things And then one day I caught her looking at A big old diamond wedding ring Well, that was the day I left Darla I was no longer in the mood for love The boys were very sympathetic I'm a lifetime member of the club but if you think that you're above it, brother, here is the rub. One day you will be a member of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Now, that's a classic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, speechless again, yeah. I know, I, you guys just cracked me up. It's like, well, I, I've heard it a hundred times every time we... <laughs> Every time we get into your car, it's on the stereo. <laughs> stereo? Talk, What's a stereo? A, you tell me what a stereo is. I, I miss it. Well, you know the you know the eight track that you still got in the car. The eight um... track. <laughs> <laughs> it's about eight tracks, right? You're moving out to the song, and all of a sudden, stops. <laughs> and then the track changes, and then it starts up again. It's like, yeah, just kill my mood. <laughs> anyway. All right, so I know we're coming down to the end of the show. Uh, okay. Anything else uh, you guys like to talk about? Okay, that's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> so that's yeah, but, the show for. But, but, what the, but what the listeners don't know is the message that you've sent out in the Skype chat room that says, when I ask you if there's anything you want to talk about, say no. Really? I didn't see that. Oh, no, sorry. That was I've written that in crayon on my computer screen. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, I don't even know where to go now. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I was, Stephen actually. This is normally the point where you say to the guest. But. So, how do people find out more about you? No, you you don't want to give me your information. You know, if any woman listens to this, they'll, she's, you get hate mail. (laughs) 
I do want to mention that uh, no woman, no woman were harmed. No woman were harmed in the uh, taping of this show. But lots of men are about to be harmed. Oh, uh, big time! That's for sure. I know I will. As soon as I'm done, <laughs> I'll be uh, yeah, beat the Evelyn. So, anyways, uh, I did want to mention one other thing. Stephen uh, posted uh, a piece from the life of Brian on there, which was. <laughs> funny and uh do you know about uh monty python stephen parsons do they have that do you have, they have that in the uk i'm brilliant like <laughs> <laughs> said do we know about the queen <laughs> well, i could ask rick <laughs> sorry oh i cracked up we can i think most british People can do most of the movies line by line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they've never seen them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Steve, Steve, posted, Steve, Steve posted one of them was on here about the early woman in the crowd from Life of Ryan, which was funny. Oh, no, 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 no. And I, I was happen to be on uh, Google and I was watching, and the next one was uh, the biggest dickest one, uh, <laughs> which is so freaking funny. And the more it goes on, the funnier it gets. Yes. Did you know that when they did that scene, uh, there was a, a documentary a few years ago about the making of The Life of Brian, and really? that scene uh, was completely ad-libbed. Yeah. The last yeah, scene, yeah, what you, what you see is, the, mm-hmm. the joke was actually scripted, but what happened next was completely, in fact, most yeah. of the movie was ad-libbed, but that <laughs> one particular look, scene was a crack-up scene. Yeah. They paused. <laughs> Oh, yeah, if you look at Michael Palin's face when he's, he says, he has a wife, you know, he's completely <laughs> cracking up at that point. He's just, he's losing the plot, and you can yeah. tell he's trying not to it laugh. Was, it it's, started out as an outtake that, oh, they, so uh, that they left in. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, uh, that, like, all good outtakes that you get in movies nowadays, you, you know, some of the best stuff is ad-lib. Oh, yeah. And when, when uh, you get... Guys... Guys, ever see Stripes with Bill Murray? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A majority of that movie was actually ad-libbed. They just went crazy on it. They just uh, as indeed they... as indeed was the majority of Ghost, but uh, large chunks of Ghostbusters. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Cool. He yeah. was notorious for um, ad-libbing. Yeah. yeah. So it cracks me up anyway. <laughs> actually, it's it's very much like your show's wrong. Really, I thought mine were really well planned and documented. <laughs> Lots Sorry. of search and hours of lining up guests. And <laughs> I mean, hey, wait a minute! Didn't I have two clips on the show? That that took a lot of work. That's a first, actually. Digging those clips up. But anyway, so anyways, we do have to go because that was yeah, to lift the eight track out the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Scott, if, if you dare to put out your uh, website, you're welcome to. <laughs> if anybody wants to get in touch with me for some spiritual therapy after this show, they can get me at <laughs> stephenwkscott.com. Unless you're dead, in which case it's a direct yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, when I pass, I'm going to have so much fun with you guys. I'm, oh, I'm, God, no. yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm really, really looking forward to it, actually. I mean, that's that's my, my point. When I'm on my deathbed, I'll be saying, oh, the time is coming. The time is coming. Yeah. I, t- I told Steve I'm going to haunt him as, a, as, as an orb. He's going to see my face in little dust particles everywhere he goes. You, you know, every time you get sick, I get out the, I get out the, the vacuum cleaner and the garlic. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, I've got a spirit guide who looks a bit like Phil Mitchell, who's ready to stop you coming through, Ron, so don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway. Well, we've got about 15 seconds. I want to thank both of you, and I do want to definitely uh, emphasize that no women were hurt during the uh, taping of this show. And... Uh, <laughs> And I'd like to th- I'd like to thank the blonde bombshell Anne Kerrigan for giving us this opportunity. Absolutely, we, thank you, Anne. Let's let's give her three cheers. Raise your glass of scotch. Put down your cigar for a minute. And... Isn't there something great about a man drinking scotch and smoking cigars? No, I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter idea. what are you no doing. Or not. Just the idea of it is alone is enough. No. No, no idea. Mm. On that note, mm. I'm leaving. <laughs> Until the next time, good night and God bless. Good night, God bless. Good night. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.